0: We absolutely love our personal finance society members, the folks that generously support Oh My Dollar with $1 or more per month on Patreon and have made it so we have free full transcripts available for every single show on OhMyDollar.com. This episode was underwritten by patron Tamsin G. Association. To learn more about being part of the personal finance society and get cool perks like exclusive live streams and cat stickers, you can visit OhMyDollar.com slash support
1: Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here, we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your producer, Will Romey, and here's your host, Lillian Kerbick.
0: Good morning. As you know, Will, it is healthcare month on Oh My Dollar, as it is open enrollment season once again. Yes. Uh, So maybe it has already started for you at your work, or uh, if you are on the exchange in certain states, it is going to start on November 1st on healthcare.gov. So In
1: all states with an open exchange?
0: With uh, healthcare.gov exchanges. If they run their own exchange, they might have different uh, open enrollment dates.
1: So we'll just say November 1st. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for a lot of folks. so, this is your warning that once again, this episode is pretty U.S. specific. Uh, keep your ears peeled for a uh, bonus episode that is not U.S. specific coming up. And, you know, Will, I think that Trump might have heard about Healthcare Month on Oh My Dollar. Probably. Yes. Who hasn't? Because they, the administration just passed through a last minute rule change that could mean much, much cheaper and junkier health insurance plans are now available. So we scrapped our original plan for this episode so we can talk about this junk health insurance because this is important stuff. Even if you're not going to get junk health insurance, you might want to know about this. It could matter to you. So this might be a slightly more wonky episode than normal, uh, but you're gonna wanna listen if you want answers to the following questions.
1: Why should you care about short-term health insurance plans?
0: If you can't find affordable health insurance on the exchange or through work, should you get one of these plans instead?
1: Will they be available everywhere?
0: What's different in 2019 about health insurance based on these policy changes?
1: How do you make sure that you're not getting a junk health insurance plan?
0: All good questions and pretty important. As always, the first rule is don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you know what junk health insurance plans are?
1: Health insurance plans that suck. I don't know.
0: Um, They're they're mainly, their official definition is short-term health insurance plans. Uh And they were kind of initially conceived as a a way to fill the gap if you don't qualify for COBRA, if you're unemployed. And they were meant to be for only a couple months. For some people, they kind of acted as what we have previously called catastrophic insurance. And Mm -hmm. we've talked before about how before the ACA, a lot of people had these um, what are called catastrophic plans that cover basically nothing, but they prevent you from going bankrupt if you were to get something very expensive. Right. We did
1: an episode on that last year around this time, I think.
0: Except that we were talking in that case about high deductible plans, which are under the ACA, still cover a lot of those cool essential benefits that we mentioned before, all mm-hmm. those things that you get for free. Um, so that's your kind of basic preventative care, well woman exams, mental health treatment. All of these things are now considered essential benefits, and because of the ACA, they have to be covered. That means that those catastrophic plans didn't really exist in essence anymore.
1: Right, because they had to cover a a pretty wide range of things. Essential benefits. Exactly.
0: And the other thing that they had is that they could not deny you based on pre-existing conditions, and they couldn't charge you different amounts of money based on what they kind of consider your risk profile. Mm -hmm. The technical term for this is medical underwriting. Um, You might be familiar with underwriting when it comes to other kinds of insurance, right? So for life insurance, quite often you have to go through, like... A health exam or something like that. Right. So it used to be that um, medical insurance very much, especially for like small businesses, you they could determine your rate based on your risk group. So this was called community profiling. This essentially was why if you were in a uh, type of occupation where you were likely to have, you were more statistically likely, not you yourself, but your profession or the type of business or industry or region you were in was more likely to have a costly medical cost then your insurance could be more expensive. Right. So, um, you know, a great example of this is: Do you live in a zip code that has uh, high amounts of cancer because of hmm. a terrible water table? <laughs> oh, so it's
1: even that? Not not even just people who are deep sea welders. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. and this is an example I enjoy using because I think it's kind of interesting. So, um, there was a higher number of gay men who are hairdressers, mm-hmm. um, which is actually just statistically true and not just stereotypical. But that meant that getting health insurance for hairdressers was incredibly expensive because of the AIDS crisis and the higher Hmm. diagnosis of HIV among the gay community in the 90s. And because of that, medical underwriting made health insurance based on the community profile of hairdressers more expensive, like astronomically expensive. And that's one of the things that ACA uh, eliminated was essentially like, I can't get charged more money because I am a woman. I can't get denied health insurance because I have rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. These short-term plans bring back that old profile. So these short-term plans, the reason they are called junk plans is because they are kind of there as a stopgap and they can completely, they're a stopgap only. They don't actually Provide any of these essential benefits in most cases, very little preventative insurance. This isn't the kind that you're going to go use to get you know, your regular prescription for $20 Mm -hmm. instead of $200. So what is
1: covered? Is it just like emergency room visits?
0: It really, really can vary what is actually covered under these. And that's one of the things is a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this is how there are very um, strict requirements about what does need to be covered under an ACA compliant plan. But these junk plans kind of, there's not a ton of regulation around them. And in the past, the you would have to pay this penalty, right, the the penalty if you didn't have ACA-compliant insurance, right? if you had one of these catastrophic plans because they weren't considered mm. compliant plans. Mm-hmm. That being said, as of this week, the Trump administration has made it so that not only are these, um, obviously they eliminated the penalty, so in 2019 there is no more penalty, so we expect a lot of people to drop off the exchanges, so the people that were otherwise healthy, which is one of the big concerns is that this is going to raise costs overall because uh, we're not going to have yeah. healthy people paying into the system, right? This is the right. c- kind of averaging it all out. Yeah, in that's terms kind of, of costs. The, the general terror. But then the other thing is that the Trump administration, this is where the wonkiness comes in. But essentially the subsidies, um, these cost sharing subsidies that the federal government provides to each state, they now are expanding the type of waivers, the innovation waivers are what they've they're called, that each state can have in order to essentially use some of make these short-term health insurance plans possibly available via the exchanges mm-hmm. or maybe even pass some of the subsidy through for people on these plans previously if uh, you or i qualified for a subsidy on healthcare.gov we can only use those on an aca compliant plan right my insurance is 273 a month is the market rate for my insurance but i only pay 40 dollars a month and the reason i only pay 40 dollars a month is because most of that is covered by a combination of mostly federal and some state dollars that is that subsidy right the way the states are allocating and running those is done mostly at the state level and states are now able to apply for these innovation waivers and there is a possibility that you are going to be able to get a subsidy for these plans so these interesting short-term plans used to be only be for a couple months Essentially, they've been cropping up. We're now there for 364 days. Okay, so <laughs> and,
1: just just shy of a year. Yeah,
0: and they are renewable for up to three years. So... um the big thing is, with these plans, is with a normal health insurance plan, um, they will be automatically renewed. Obviously, things have been changing a lot, and so year to year, a lot of the plans have been disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get sick with something through the year, you're still going to have health insurance next year. You can't be dropped. Yeah. With these short-term plans, none of that is a guarantee. You're almost guaranteed to get dropped um, uh. if you do get sick. So you will not qualify for this plan uh, the following year. So, so it
1: only like gets one year. Use, essentially
0: yeah I mean uh, this is if you get sick with something costly right mm-hmm.
1: so right not a cold but something yeah. serious it would require a lot of money. Yeah, yeah
0: that that then they expect that is going to be expensive in the future so uh, these short term health insurance plans the name is short term but the reason that a lot of people are redefining them as junk plans or catastrophic plans is because they aren't really short term anymore mm-hmm. uh, the term is really extending quite as long So there's huge cost differences though, right? So the average, I think the average adult woman that is the age of 40 is paying something like $400 a month for health insurance, possibly with a subsidy. That's like the average monthly cost right now and uh, across all of the exchanges and these catastrophic plans are can be in the range of 30 to 80 dollars a month so they they really can be quite a lot cheaper yeah um that being said there is a lot of concern that people don't know what they're getting and don't realize that they don't have a lot of protections with these right just
1: kind of grabbing this one because it's cheap but not looking into the details
0: yeah so here's the thing to know about short-term insurance. It is available in every state currently, but we might see a flooding of products on the market under this new Trump administration ruling. So right, they're... because
1: under the new policy, it's more appealing to those selling it and can uh, count as your ACA coverage. Yeah, I mean, right.
0: they'll they'll sell you anything that they yeah. want to <laughs> sell you, right? Um, and the idea, the reason insurance companies are interested in selling these kind of cheaper products is one, these products have very little risk to them, right? Because they're not required to cover you, they can deny you if they think, um, they can. I, I couldn't buy one of these, right? Because I have rheumatoid arthritis, which is across the board a deniable condition, right? Uh, yeah, so it's
1: a pre pre existing condition, that and have and very for. expensive yeah. to yeah. manage. Yeah.
0: Like I, my health, and I, I wouldn't underwrite me, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah, if given a choice, um. And there, that is also true for anybody with HIV, AIDS, uh, autoimmune disorder, a previous diagnosis of cancer within the past ten mm-hmm. years, except for uh, in some uh, cases skin cancer. Asthma is a very common illness. Um, diabetes. Any any of these things are are illnesses where you are almost guaranteed to get denied um pregnancy or uh pregnancy or otherwise expecting a child mm-hmm. um you just will not be able to qualify for one of these plans but the insurers like them because they think that they're getting people who are going to choose to opt out of getting health insurance because there is no penalty this year right Right. so they're getting some money out, out of you rather than no money out of you
1: oh i see right, right. and then this is cheap and appealing to the people that would be worried about yeah. just dropping health care altogether
0: this is Quickly updating, so we don't have a ton of details on this right now, but not every single state is going to allow you to get a subsidy for these plans. Obviously, this is going to be very state by state. Um, California is actually filing a lawsuit and is attempting to ban these short-term health insurance plans across the board. We will see how that goes. Um, If California has some luck doing those rule changes, we might see some other progressive legislatures choose Hmm. to do that as well. Oregon is probably a good example of a state that might attempt to do that. That being said, health insurance is healthcare is a large part of our industry in Oregon. And yeah. so it's, uh, it's very possible that um, we the industry pushback. Yeah, we that might get some happening. industry pushback on it. USA. Quite simply, these are not the plans to get if you want coverage and you have a pre-existing health condition. You if you have one of those common deniable conditions, um, which you can just search deniable conditions and probably find yeah, it. A list uh, of... You most likely will not be able to get coverage at all should you get one of these if you're like i'm super healthy um my insurance is crazy expensive Mm -hmm. and i but i you know don't want to go bankrupt if i was to get a really expensive car hit by a car is a great example um do should i get one of these i'm not saying i'm not going to recommend these plans as uh, a good 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 health care, <laughs> but I will say that they could be a good insurance product. Similar to like how I recommend renters insurance and I recommend life insurance if you have a dependent. These could be a good stopgap that, you know, prevents you from having to put up a massive GoFundMe if you get into a crash. That right. being mm-hmm. said, I do think that the health care and coverage and assurity of the plans available that are ACA compliant is very good. And if you are middle income, you likely qualify for a subsidy that could really bring that cost down. And from a like making the world a better place, if you are a relatively healthy person and you can get one of those ACA plans, um, you are helping keep the system together Mm -hmm. overall. (laughs)
1: So this so, so this one's going to be better than nothing, but not great. Yeah.
0: So people that use inhalers like Will and people that use expensive medications like me, we, we thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that wraps our show for today, Will.
1: I think it does.
0: <laughs> our producer is Will Romi and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. I'm Lillian Carebake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. and till next time.
1: Remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.